Homestyle Green, episode number 38. Building Z DesignX is New Zealand's largest building and construction trade show. G'day, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm Matthew Cutler-Welsh and I am a sustainable housing expert. More importantly though, you are someone who's interested in in sharing my vision of helping to create homes that are better for people and better for the planet. You might be a building professional, a designer or an architect or a builder, or you might be someone who's building your own house or wanting to build your dream home and are starting to do some research and looking at the best way of doing that. I went to BuildNZ DesignX this last weekend and Monday and Tuesday, and I was very uh, fortunate to be able to head along to that and hang out with so many people in the industry, um, many of whom I'm, I knew already, so it was great to catch up with them, but also to meet some new people as well. The Building Z DesignX is New Zealand's largest building and construction trade event. They have uh, 220 exhibitors this year, and I guess we'll get the figures out shortly, but last year they reported just under 5,000 unique visitors over the three days. And that's trade only. It's not a show that's open to the public. And in, in fact, there aren't, there's no children allowed in uh, Build NZ, which makes it kind of unique. And it means that anyone coming up and talking to you, if you're on a stand, is probably... Um, either knows about you already or is a very interested or potential prospect for your products and services. So it's a pretty intense time, um, spending three days. I was pretty tired yesterday after coming back from the third day and kind of lost my voice there, um, hence I'm a day late because I um, yeah, couldn't, couldn't really get on the microphone yesterday, but uh, I'm back again tonight. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about some of my outtakes. And for those of you who couldn't make it along to the show, I just want to give you a, bit, a quick rundown, my perspective and some of the highlights from me. Before I get into that, though, uh, just a few things to cover off. Thanks for everyone who's joining us on Twitter. It's awesome to grow the audience there and also for people subscribing to the mailing list. That's going very well. I'm going to send a message out uh, shortly. Uh, but like I said, I don't want to bombard people with loads and loads of useless uh, newsletters each week. Um, and I don't need to write more than I have to. So, um, But I am really keen on finding out what's going on for you out there, whether you're someone who is looking at designing a home uh, for yourself or if you're a, a builder or a, um, a designer Really keen to find out what's happening for you, what you're interested in, what your needs are, what what's what are the big issues that you're facing in your design or your business at the moment. Now, over at homestylegreen.com website, I'm running a want to do a little bit of an experiment. I'm really keen to look at a range of house plans, and I, I'm pretty sure that lots of you out there who listen to the show would also be keen at both looking at some plans and getting some reviewed as well. So what I'm after is some concepts, some drawings, pictures, photos, anything that you feel like sharing or getting some feedback on, then I want to make the opportunity to, to post them up on the website and have a bit of a forum and a place where you can get feedback on your design 
or share your design with the world and see what improvements might come uh, come back as feedback. So if you do have any plans sitting around or if you, you're working on something at the moment you'd like some ideas about or perhaps you've got some questions with you, you've got a detail that you're working on you, you're not sure what the best way of um, finishing it off is or some design detail that you'd like a hand with, then get in touch. You can email me comments at homestylegreen.com and shortly there will be a place to upload files directly onto the website. So look out for that coming soon. Um, question time. I had a question today at work about toxicity. And this was someone who was planning a house, obviously, and they were they mentioned that down uh, in the in the email that they, they had a young children, they had one one year old and a five year old. And they're they're also concerned about their own health as well, and they're just getting a little bit conscious about toxicity and um, things like volatile organic compounds or VOCs. And they just wanted to know if there's any general advice on how to create a better internal environment that wasn't going to be toxic, because quite often you get that new car smell or the, the, even that new house smell, and most of the time that new house smell is in fact formaldehyde which is not something that you really want to be breathing in too much of. So where can you go to get some products and how can you ensure that you, when you do build uh, and design a home that you're not creating an environment that's going to be a toxic right from the start? They also mentioned in the email that they were using some fairly common brands like Pink Bats, uh, Jibboard, and he he also mentioned EcoPly, which is a um, rigid air barrier made of basically plywood. But obviously being plywood, it's glued together. And he was a bit concerned about the glues that might be used in those timbers. So anyway, a few bits of advice for anyone who's looking at cutting down on VOCs and reducing the toxicity of their indoor environment. This is for mainly for a new build, a little bit hard to do with a, with a uh, renovation, uh, sorry, uh, an existing home. Uh, renovations is, is pretty much the same as a new build in this context. Um, most of the stuff in, a, in a, an existing home is probably not that much of a big issue unless you've got something really serious because lots of these off-gassing does tend to be worse right at the beginning. So number one, don't be fooled by the word eco. It's a little bit unfortunate, but a lot of brands tend to put eco in their name. And In fact, I, I talked to someone at the show the other day and uh, they were telling me how great their product is and I, I stopped them sort of mid-sentence and so uh, what makes your brand eco? And they just point blank said, oh, it's just the name. Now, that's not always the case and there are some very good products out there that do have some pretty good eco credentials, but you, it's kind of up to the consumer buyer beware you've got to go and do a little bit of research to say is this just a branding exercise or is there actually something in that name so number one don't be fooled by the name eco um, number two look for a known third-party verification now this is also a little bit tricky unfortunately because a lot of brands and a lot of products have a, they might have an environmental policy or they might have a downloadable PDF that's got loads of information about how great their life cycle analysis is, but there's nothing to verify it. And without any verification, it's a little bit sketchy and it is really just a marketing exercise from companies if they don't have 
something like ISO 14001, which is the environmental uh, standard for quality. Um, that's mostly relating to the manufacturing process, but it's very rigorous. So if, if a company's got ISO 14001 for their processing, then chances are they're in a very good position. Um, Enviro choice or environmental choice, and that's local. So New Zealand has its own environmental choice standard. Um, Australia's got one as well, and there are uh, numerous others around the around the world. Google environmental choice, and you'll find the logo to look for. Um, again, if companies got that, they will be doing lots of things right, and they'll be being checked and audited for that. Particularly uh, for timber. Um, FSC is Forest Stewardship Council, and that's a really good one to look for if you're concerned about the sustainability of where the timber comes from. The other one, not not a individual brand in itself or a logo, but um, have a look if they mentioned actual numbers or reported levels of VOCs or formaldehydes or other toxic materials. Now, chances are you won't have a clue what those numbers mean, but there's also a good chance, in my opinion, if somebody's reporting those values, they're probably only going to report them if they're good. That's not always the case, and you may need to um, look up what the standards are and, and compare them. But um, chances are if someone's saying, um, say, levels of formaldehyde that are very, very low, then that's probably a good thing and a good sign that they've actually thought about that and they're proud of that number, so they're, they're stating it in their literature. If you'd like some more information on those, then another good resource, and this is my third recommendation, is to use a site called EnviroSpec. And this is the site run by Alex Reiki, who I actually spoke to in episode six of Homestyle Green. So you can check that out. Go back and listen to episode six. It's probably a bit sketchy, actually, but um, never mind. You have a bit of a laugh. Um, Alex is a great guy, and he's got loads of resources, some pretty available on his website. Otherwise, there's details there about how to contact him. And if you, he's a really good person to talk to if you want more information. In fact, I did refer the uh, the person who wrote this email directly to Alex, so that uh, he could follow up and and get some more specific advice for his design. So that's Envirospec. And finally. Ask the suppliers, ask your designer and and also head head down to the hardware store and, and start asking. You may get some uh, blank stares, but the more people that start coming in and asking for low VOC options for things and um, non-formaldehyde versions, particularly of glues and um, engineered timber, things like that, then that message is going to get through that, hey, there's a demand for this stuff. And it is available. It's uh, There's certainly plenty of it. It's not that hard to do. Custom wood, for example, or MDF, you can actually get that in a no in a um, non-formaldehyde uh, version. Um, but you've got to ask for it. So make sure you, um, if you are interested in having materials, and it's a good idea, because once you select those materials, they are going to be used pretty intensively throughout the home, then, um, yeah, let your designer know, let your builder know, and make sure that you can uh, source the right products. All right, that's it for um, that question. Now, I um, want to get into talking quickly about some of the products materials that I saw at BuildNZ DesignX. Like I mentioned, it is the country's biggest construction and building trade event. 
and uh, our international listeners might find it a bit uh, amusing, but it's big on our it's big on our scales anyway. It's um uh, yeah, two hundred and twenty one exhibitors this year, which uh, fills up uh, a couple of the halls at the ASB Showgrounds here in Auckland. Last year, just under five thousand visitors, and um, I don't know how it'll stack up this year. It was interesting. There was a a lot going on over the three days because, as well as the trade show and all the stores with the products and and suppliers, there was NZIA was running a, a sort of conference. There were master builders seminars, and there were certified builder seminars, and there was also a prefab event. Um, which was running concurrently. So there was heaps of stuff there. There were certainly lots of people there, uh, but there were some sort of quiet times when everyone was out, uh, was busy in seminars listening to, to talks. Um, and I I had a great talk. I mentioned last week that I was presenting and uh, pleased to say that I think that went very well. So I uh, got some good feedback on that, which is great. And... Some of the other, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to go and see the others, but I, I heard there were some other good presentations there as well. In terms of the audience, it was gr- also really cool to um, he, talk to people from outside of Auckland, um, and, and kind of, it's always nice to talk to people with um, from outside of Auckland and find out what's going on in the rest of the country. But we have people from as far north as as Northland and and Whangarei, and lots of people from Hamilton. Nelson, Dunedin, um, and other um, uh, Wanganui, New Plymouth, now, now uh, was it Napier? So yeah, all around the the North Island and a few people up from the South Island. Um, saw a few people that I know from Christchurch. So really good coverage across the country of of people uh, coming to the event. So. What were the big outtakes? Well, first of all, I was on the Homestar stand, and the biggest thing that struck me there was the awareness of Homestar, uh, which is great news for us. Certainly, I felt like more than half the people that came up to the stand had heard about Homestar and knew a bit about it, and which I, I think is really um, a positive sign because we don't have a huge marketing budget, but um, we've been out there for a couple of years now. And thanks, I think, have to go out to Auckland Council who have been talking a little bit about Homestar and the possibility of having some mandatory requirements in the unitary plan. And also to brands who have been talking about Homestar during their science roadshow around the country. So that was all good good uh, conversations to have. And I think because this is trade people, people are wanting to know about how to make homes better than code. And that's very exciting for me to hear uh, because that's what it's all about is is not settling for building code and getting houses up to a higher standard. So very good to know that builders are keen, designers are keen for that, and their clients are keen for that as well and starting to ask for it. I think the the main outtake from the show for, for this year were some exciting new products that are hitting the shores. And a lot of them are from Germany. And there was a big Made in Germany pavilion this year. They did that in 2011, which was the last show. And this year it was bigger and better than ever. A couple of the um, people there on that stand were, I guess the the big one was Knauf. And Knauf make insulation and plasterboard. So Knauf have the Earthwall insulation brand. And they've also got some really fascinating 
new products in the plasterboard market. So it's going to shake that industry up a little bit. Of course, they had a big win in Christchurch recently with uh, a, a big contract to supply products alongside Jib. So it's going to be great to have another product because, I mean, internationally, for, for, for those that haven't heard of Knauf, it's a huge company and they've got some really exciting products overseas, including things that are textured um, linings, sound-absorbing panels. Um, they've even got one that actually scrubs the indoor air clean. And this uh, I mentioned to the person that um, wrote to me asking about low VRC because they have a this product which actually cleans the air of VOCs. Um, so exciting stuff to look out for with the some of the materials that they're introducing to the to the marketplace there. Um, other German products that were represented, there's a lot of talk about Passive House, and obviously we, we've spoken quite a lot about Passive House in previous episodes, but some of the actual technologies and products that you might need if you are wanting to go down the Passive House route were quite well represented there, and they include things like uh, vapour barriers, uh, high-performance windows, and also some technologies for... Um, limiting the thermal bridging, particularly in things like foundations. And this was something I was very excited about because um, for those that have, have listened to the show, you might know that I'm on a bit of a search for the best tech, uh, the best options for eliminating edge insulation or, or um, insulating the edge of concrete slabs to reduce the heat loss out through the edge of a, a slab. And there was a company called Laros Technologies, and they have a, a, a brand called Shoic Innovation Innovative Building Solutions. And one in particular um, product that they have, which I've put a picture up on the um, Homestyle Green blog, of a, uh, a product that does just that. It's, it's a block which eliminates the thermal bridging and dew point. Um, they call it dew point shifting of a concrete floor. So check that out because it's uh, it's an alternative option and, and quite an exciting um, different way of looking at that structural member without it um, causing thermal bridging. Um, moving swiftly along now, uh, what else, who else was there? The um, GE, I had a quick chat to GE. The exciting thing there for me that I'm looking for is a replacement for an incandescent downlight with an LED, um, uh, an LED fitting that is enclosed that cuts off the airflow up through the hole. Because I've got a few holes in my ceiling where someone's done a re renovation 10 or 20 years ago and they've left um, some Swiss cheese in my ceiling installation because of all these big holes. So I'm really looking forward to a relatively cost-effective option for putting um, plugging those holes up with LED lights. And apparently GE has something coming onto the market in the next two months. So I'm excited to look out for that. Um, MaxRaft, episode 20, I interviewed the guys from MaxRaft and they were at BuildNZ. DesignX had a good, um, good stand and lots of people were picking up their material and getting interested in their solution, of course, as well for eliminating that edge insulation, uh, that edge thermal bridging on concrete slabs. Um, LifeMark were there. Uh, Brazine, always a good, good uh, 
stand from Rosine. They do a great job, a great marketing job, and they've got some really great products as well. So always good to see them there. We were parked up again uh, next to a company called Fabaro. I think that's how you pronounce it, Fabaro. Now, they are a home automation company, and there are quite a few of them, but the thing I really like about Fabaro is that it's just a really nice package. They've put together the hardware and the software for home automation that looks really sexy. It's a, it's Italian uh, product, and the um, there's a, a New Zealand distributor, and I think that's going to be pretty exciting to see where that goes. The One of the reasons I'm interested in home automation is not so much about being able to close the blinds when you um, from your iPhone when you're on your way home or turn the lights on or, or put the oven on. Um, one of the things I'm really interested in is about how people can get a bit more intelligent about what their house is, is doing, um, what temperature it actually is, how much power is being consumed, and getting some real feedback and some real intelligence about houses. So I think Fabaro offers a solution for doing that. And in a similar vein, another company called Splash Monitoring, and I had a good chat with those guys. They're actually monitoring one of the houses at the prefab hive down in Christchurch and a whole bunch of others. Um, have a look at their website. I'll put a link up in the show notes and you can have a look at some of the, the live data they've got from a few different of, um, installations of a whole bunch of sensors in some buildings. But again... Thing that's exciting there is the potential to get some real insights into what buildings are doing, and in a, a real-time uh, picture of what's going on. All right, well that just about wraps it up. Um, the the main outtakes for me was that there are some really exciting new products coming onto the marketplace. So I think it's going to shake a few things up in the way that uh, that we are doing things, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how. How that all pans out over the next uh, 12 to 24 months. That is enough for me for this week. Um, don't forget you can check us out on Twitter, also Facebook, we're on Google Plus. We're also on Pinterest. Um, you can email me, comments at homestockgreen.com. Of course, we are on iTunes and we are now on Stitcher Radio as well. And if you haven't checked that out, that is a really great way of consuming podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. I would love to get your comments, questions, and feedback. If you do have two minutes, something you could do to really help us out if you appreciate the show is to head on over to iTunes, leave a rating there or a short comment as well. And if you do do that, make sure you email me because then I can do a shout out because I can't unfortunately reply back to you in iTunes. It's a bit restrictive that way, but we'd love to get your comments there because it, it does help grow our community. Thank you very much. Have a great week and I will talk to you again next week. This is Matthew Cutler-Welsh for Homestyle Green.